Welcome to Afternoon Tea with Casey Women's Ministry. I'm Brittany. I am a birth and bereavement doula certified by Still Birthday, and I'm the marketing director with Casey Women's Ministry. And I'm Madison. I'm also a certified birth and bereavement doula through Still Birthday. I'm also a trained postpartum doula, and I'm the director of doula operations. Well, our topic today is vaginal birth. We have a few different kinds of vaginal birth. Um, and we'd like to go over those different types so that terminology wise, you know what you're talking about when, you know, the doctor asks, do you want to have a spontaneous birth? And you're like, uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. Do I? <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, you've got medicated and unmedicated. You have induction, spontaneous and assisted. What do all of these mean? Well, we're going to go over that today so that you know what these mean and what that might entail should you make a choice either prior to the birth or during the birth? You know, at least you know, okay, at this point, if these words come up, what is this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's define vaginal birth real quick. I'm pretty sure everyone's aware, but just in case we have someone who isn't, um, a vaginal birth is when the baby comes out of the vagina through the birth canal and is born that way. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, there is a lot that happens in a vaginal birth. Um, it's if we want to get into the sciencey stuff, it makes me just so excited. Um, you know, all of the the, the positive positive feedback loop. I talk about it all the time because it is so cool. Um, it is so cool. There's a, there's a lot that happens um, internally during a vaginal birth, um, which is why there's so many different options available to you, especially when discussing inductions versus spontaneous labor, um, because there's a lot of factors to consider. That's very, very true. Um, so why might you get an induction versus a spontaneous? You know what, we're going to, we're going to start with induction and spontaneous because that usually is about when labor starts. Yes. Let's start at the beginning. So why won't we have an induction versus a spontaneous labor? Let's start with what are those? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll define those for us here real quick. So a spontaneous labor means your labor has begun on its own. You have started having contractions. You have started dilating, effacing, thinning. You have started all the process for baby to begin going through the birth canal and be born vaginally induction is and an induction is when you have medical interventions that help begin your labor um, there are several different medications that can help this um, some that soften and ripen the cervix and then some that can actually create and cause contractions in the uterus to bring mm -hmm. baby and some that are dilating without causing contractions yes there are also non-medical uh, devices that can be used Yes, yes. And there are um, homeopathic, I wouldn't necessarily say remedies, but herbs um, that have been shown to have a correlation to potentially begin labor as well, yes. without scientific evidence to back it up at this point, um, right. due to a lack of research. But yes. we have word of mouth that has given us these as the, um, this will begin this. So, absolutely absolutely yeah so might why might we do an induction versus a spontaneous labor 
there's a lot of different reasons. Um, some of them are more medical and some of them are more personal. On the medical side, we um, may have a baby who's not, not meeting their growth requirements. Maybe they're a little small, maybe they're a little big. Um, we can also have um, hypertension or preeclampsia. If we're concerned about that causing problems, either in the mother, the birth parent, or the baby, we can do an induction to bring baby, um, to help baby be born before it becomes a problem. Um, sometimes on the personal side, people are just ready to meet their baby. You're ready to be done being pregnant. You're ready for baby to be here. Um, that can happen as early, you know, as 38 weeks, or it might be that you've gotten to 42 or 41 or 42, and you're just ready to meet baby. Um, and and there's, there's no signs of labor. Yes, exactly. No signs of labor. It can also be that you've started labor and you just need it to kind of pick up a little bit. You know, you're, you're having labor, you're having contractions, um, but they're not making the progress that you would like to see. And you'd like a little help moving things along. That's right. Sometimes it's just pushed by the doctor too. Yes. yes. So, you know, I, I don't want to talk poorly about the medical community because they are fantastic, but Absolutely. it does happen that sometimes it is doctor's preference of a date due to a vacation or a holiday coming up. Um, or, you know, they know that you really want that provider, you know, your chosen provider at their, at your birth and, you know, doctor's not going to be available on this day. So let's do an induction so that I can be the one there. Yeah. Um, I've seen that happen. <laughs> I have to. Yes. So, you know, there are many reasons. It's not saying these reasons are right for everyone. And it's not saying they're wrong for everyone. They're a personal choice. They are a personal need. You've got many health potential issues that um, people need to be aware of. And, you know, it's none of our business. Honestly, yeah. it's none of your friends or family's business. Abigail, please leave it alone. You're knocking it down. Um, you know, it's no one else's business as to why you might choose an induction or spontaneous labor. Just that's what it is. It's your choice. Absolutely. And as, as doulas, we support both options wholeheartedly. It's what's going to be best for you is not what's going to be best for your friends and family. That's um, right. Now, both spontaneous or induction can take some time. Spontaneous, I have found in my personal experiences, um, they do tend to take a little longer simply because you're, you're, I guess, more aware of the beginning mm -hmm. of it, you know, yes. versus a spontaneous, you know, you might have that beginning of labor starting at the beginning of nine months and you don't even realize that labor has started. It's just taking its time to progress. Yes. Um, or it could be labor didn't necessarily start at the beginning of nine months and wham, bam, you're in labor. It's go time. You got five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've seen that happen too. Um, uh, yeah, me too. My personal case, granted, that's, you know, that's usually a mother or parent who has had multiple children um, and their body knows what it's doing and 
it's gone through the process before of opening the mother or parent is calm and relaxed and allowing the process of labor to flow and not fighting that labor. Um, which often is the case with induction, you fight it because it's, it's very intense. Um, yes. It's extremely intense, which is why a lot of people choose to have a medicated labor with an induction. So let's talk about medicated versus unmedicated. Yes. Um, and please notice we don't have natural on this list because there is no such thing as a natural birth. All birth is natural. It's natural. Yeah. Birth is natural. Birth has to happen. It is natural, whether you have these choices in there or not. So we use medicated and unmedicated. We use spontaneous and induced. Um, and then we also have something called assisted, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. So yes. unmedicated, it's exactly what it sounds like. You have not had any medication along with that. Um, and it's specifically pain medication, pain medication. Um, with this labor. That's that being IV pain medication, that being um, the gas, um, nitrous oxide, or an epidural, whether that's a walking epidural or just a full-blown epidural. I don't know that they actually give walking epidurals anymore because they don't allow you to walk anyway. <laughs> they might still have them, but basically what walking epidural is, is the exact same. They just give you less medication. Yeah. That way you can still feel your legs so that you can walk. I don't know if they do them anymore just because you are a very high fall risk mm -hmm. if you have an epidural at any level because it does completely block the nerves, um, but they may still do them somewhere. Yeah, I think it just depends on the anesthesiologist really and their yeah. concoction. Um, when you order an epidural in the hospital, that's all it is. You are just waiting for the anesthesiologist to give you their concoction and that's it you have an epidural. It's not, let me, let me have what's called a walking epidural versus a normal epidural. It's just, this is it. But that term floats around. So um, <laughs> it does. It, we it, hear it a lot. Yeah, we do. I do hear it. Um, I want a walking epidural. Well, you know, it's just an epidural. They just, that's all they give. <laughs> yeah. It's just an epidural. It just changes how much you're getting and what you're getting. Yeah, and you control how much medication you're getting when you're getting it. So then, you know, you have what's called a spinal, and that is usually given with a cesarean if it's a planned cesarean. Um, if it's an emergent cesarean, then they knock you out. Yes, and so. if, you, if you have an epidural already while you're in labor and then go into a cesarean, they just use the epidural that you already have. Yes. Um, a spinal is the same medication as an epidural, but instead of leaving the catheter in your back to get continuous medication, they just give you a bolus and that way it wears off after the surgery. Yes. And I was thinking it's also in a different portion of the spine as well. It's it is higher in the spinal canal and yes. it's higher in the back. It is higher in the back. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I don't see very often. I don't usually see a spinal. It's generally an epidural. Um, but those are your basic forms of pain medication and pain management, um, medicated pain management through labor and delivery. Um, yeah. Each one has its positives, its benefits, and each one has its negatives or risks that you need to be aware of. I highly recommend going and doing some research. We... I don't know that we actually have a video yet, but if that's something that people are interested in, we are more than actually, it's on the list of 
doing that video. So never mind. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. We're gonna do it. Know. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna do it. Go ahead and let us know if you're interested in it, um, so that we can bring it up in our queue higher and do it sooner for you. Yeah. So um, now we have assisted vaginal birth. Um, this one is scary at times, um, just because yeah. the, the tools that they, they use. Um, so let's start with episiotomy. I would consider that an assisted vaginal birth. Um, yep. Yeah. What is it? So an episiotomy is when the provider um, does a cut in the perineum, um, going from the vaginal opening to um, either straight down or to the side. It's done in an attempt to help prevent tearing um, because it is easier for the provider to repair an episiotomy than a tear because tears are not always straight um, and sometimes they can be hidden. Um, so episiotomies are done to try and help prevent tearing, to help with recovery um, and to provide more space for baby to come through if baby appears to be struggling to come down into the birth canal. Next, we have the forceps. Yes. So the forceps um, kind of look like tongs, <laughs> um, but they'll go inside the birth canal and kind of cut baby's head and can help guide baby through the birth canal, can provide some traction and tension to baby to help them come down. Um, naturally, as you're pushing, as baby is coming through the canal, with each contraction, they're going to go two steps forward and one step back. Um, sometimes babies go two step forwards and two steps back, or two steps forwards and three steps back um, because of the relaxing of the uh, uterus in between contractions. Um, sometimes babies have a little bit of trouble making the progress that they need to, and that's where these tools kind of come in. Yes. Um, for, yeah, so the forceps, they look like tongs um, and just kind of go. I pulled up an image if you'd like to see. Face. Yes, please. Let's see a picture because I'm pretty sure this is not helping anything. <laughs> this is not accurate to what it looks like. All right. Let me share this screen here. Can, every, can you see it? Yes. Okay. So these are what the forceps look like. Basically, they go up into the vaginal canal and they look like big giant salad tongs. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of gently cup the baby's head and the doctor uses them to gently um, help the baby come out. They guide it in a different way. So yes. we can link this um, resource here in our video so you can easily see it. The next one is the vacuum. Vacuum, yes. <laughs> so here's the image of the vacuum. It like the, va the vacuum can sometimes be the scariest because there is a um, a fail safe um, with a vacuum where if the provider pulls too hard, it will it's it's using suction on baby's head. Mm -hmm. So if it gets pulled too hard, the suction will automatically break and it makes a very loud popping sound. Um, and this can sometimes sound really scary when you think about the fact that this device is on your baby's head um, but it's there to prevent um, to try and prevent injury from yes. 
having a suction on baby's head. Um, yes. I'm a vacuum baby. I was born with a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cesarean baby. <laughs> nice. nice. Emergency cesarean at that. Oh. Yeah. It was a long labor. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. I had my cord wrapped around me three times and I just was not going to come out. <laughs> so you were stubborn. I was, I was stubborn. <laughs> I was very active. Um, so, but those are your basic types of vaginal birth. So let's just review them real quick. Induction versus spontaneous. And then you have a medicated versus unmedicated. And then you have assisted versus unassisted. So, um, you have lots of different types, um, Lots of different types. So. Yeah, lots of options. Um, yeah. These are the building blocks to your birth plan. Um, once you've kind of figure out what method of delivery that you want, you can build your birth plan from there. Mm -hmm. um, and your doula can help you build your birth plan. And we're going to support any of these options that you choose, no matter what they are. That's right. Absolutely. Most people aren't going to necessarily choose an assisted birth unless it is needed. So when you're talking birth plan and you're talking assisted, um, what are you open to? You know, yeah. should you need an assisted birth? Are you open to an episiotomy, forceps and or vacuum? If not, then they might say, okay, well then we probably will need to do a cesarean. Weigh your odds. What is important to you? Yeah. So go from Absolutely. there. Oftentimes, if the baby is in the birth canal, they're unable to do a cesarean. Yes. So they just be knowing. Come out too far, and uh, sometimes it's hard to go backwards. That's right. Something else to be aware of with those assisted options. Um, pretty much all OBs are well-versed in a, an episiotomy. However, with forceps and vacuum birth, um, they're, they practice one or the other. They get um, expertise in one or the other. So it's not necessarily, I'm okay with a forcep birth and with this doctor, it's this doctor has the knowledge and the skills to use the forceps versus the, the suction. And mm -hmm. this doctor knows how to save a life with this one versus the other one. Um, you want what that doctor is comfortable using. You want yeah. that doctor using that tool. Um, yes. Because again, that reduces your risks and it reduces your injury. So yes. you yeah. don't want a doctor doing something that they're not trained to do. Exactly. Exactly. Same thing with doula staying in our lane, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do not feel comfortable nor do I have the knowledge or expertise to use any of these tools, but I can definitely tell you what they are and why they would be used. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly. my life. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, it's a good conversation to have with your doctor. Should you think that, um, whether you think it's going to happen or not, it's best to be prepared and planned and be knowledgeable in these things that could potentially happen, whether you want them to or not. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for afternoon tea with us. Um, today we talked all about vaginal birth and the types of vaginal birth and why you might have a different, you know, those types. So yes, holler at us if you have questions about what we just went over today. I'm sure we'll have some questions pop up and we'd love to answer those questions.
Absolutely. All right. Well, I am Brittany. I'm Madison. <laughs> and we're with Casey Women's Ministry. Thanks again for joining us for Afternoon Tea. Come back next week where we talk about cesarean birth. Yay. Bye.